Good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to Digital Shop Talk Radio, episode 19, Wednesday, June 12th. And um, as always, we've got a great show lined up for you. We've got uh, Doug Brackett joining us from Downtown Automotive and Sarah Savio. And today what we're going to be talking about is um, we're going to be talking about overcoming customer objections. Uh, and so, um, you know, as always, we're live streaming on Facebook. Um, you can interact, get your questions answered live on air. If there's something that comes up, you want to, uh, you know, ask uh, our two experts, Doug and Sarah, um, get their insight. Let's have a talk, right? Let's have a conversation. So without further ado, uh, Doug, uh, welcome, buddy. Uh, it's great to have you on Digital Shop Talk. Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, so my name's Doug. I've uh, been running an automotive shop for 11 years here. I uh, took over at the age of 27 as uh, a fresh journeyman technician, very interested in being a student of the industry. Um, I've gone through a lot of management training over the years with uh, a number of uh, large, medium and small companies. And uh, I, I absolutely love what we do. I, I love working with the systems that we've got now and uh, uh, am super keen to help out with uh, AutoVitals. Awesome. Yeah. And so, and you guys have been a digital shop for so, quite some time. I mean, you seem like a pretty, you know, forward thinking operator. Uh, how long have you been with us? Uh, so I've been about three years on as a digital shop. We started off uh, with the basic entry level product of doing the Napa DVIs, quickly realized the potential involved in the system. And uh, we switched over to Protractor just about exactly a year ago. Um, and have been having uh, great success. We've been getting extremely uh, busy, almost to the point of, of we've got to rethink our staffing situations at times. Um, and uh, really uh, developing these processes and, and moving along with what's changing in the industry. And, and that has provided for fantastic customer confidence. Um, our customers are trusting us um, with with less effort than they used to before as well too um and that's translated into some fantastic sales and uh um, numbers moving forward in the business well see there you heard it folks right from the horse's mouth shows over uh you don't get objections when you're when you're a digital shop and you operate at the level that doug can do it um but just kidding uh sarah uh introduce yourself i mean you know sarah's a regular everybody knows sarah but just for maybe some new viewers some uh people who haven't met you yet um us a little bit about your background as a digital shop operator and uh, what have you been up to lately? So I'm Sarah Savio. I have been writing service for 23 years. I have recently joined the Auto Vitals team as a trainer. Um, I have six and a half years experience in a digital shop and I could not imagine going back. Um, the, the transparency of the digital shop, um, it does handle a lot of your objections. Um, and yes, it absolutely reduces those objections and um, and increases those sales. So let's dig in. So what are some of the common objections that you would get? Like, let's let's say, uh, and, and is, is there different objections when you're a paper-based shop versus a digital shop? Absolutely. Um, the differences in a paper-based shop, um, you're not showing them pictures. You're not showing them fluid samples. So there's kind of the old stigmatism at times of, you know, you're just trying to upsell me um, on something. So being digital, you've got those pictures to show, you're putting little arrows on there and circles, um, 
putting the, you know, the notes to the customer. So when they review that inspection, um, they can see, yeah, the uh, ball joint boots are torn, my struts are leaking, my transmission fluid is really dark. Um, there's no protection level as far as the coolant and the cooling system. Um, so from the aspect, once again, of, of being able to just put that out to your customer, um, that resolves those objections of, do I really need it? And so, and so Doug, I mean, is that the same experience that you guys have been having from your transition into a digital shop? And then, you know, so then if the, does the objection change? Yeah, it, it's been my experience that definitely we get uh, a lot fewer objections for sure. Um, the, the nature of the objections do change to, to some extent, but, um, the other big part that we found out is that, um, so many of those objections, um, can get dealt with in other ways as well, too. Um, a lot of it is that, uh, you know, the, the base level of, of systems and how the shop, um, goes about its day-to-day -day affairs can really change which objections, uh, do come up as well, too. Um, even beyond just just our digital inspections and the transparency provided and this is the condition that your vehicle is in, but quoting all of those conditions properly, uh, advising our customers according to the priority of the job as well too has been a, a huge thing to help people understand um, which are the, the critical items which can be um, put off as well too. And we find that using that tool of um, prioritizing all of those repairs recommended by the technician uh, really helps people get on board with, yes, these, these ones that they're telling me need to get done now really do need to get done now. We're not making this up by telling you that, yes, there are items that don't need to get done now as well too. So that really comes into our, our statuses in the inspection sheets where we have items that are just advisements. This is coming up for you, uh, recommendations and maintenance work as well of course, hopefully they never hit there, but the critical safety items as well too, right? Yeah, of course. Um, and so then, so where, then where do the objections lie? I mean, what would you say is your, um, your biggest objection once you get into that, you know, you've done the presentation of the, of the recommendations, they've gone through the inspection sheet and looked at the videos and pictures. What, rec what, what objections are left? Um, so a lot of the objections come from the old model of automotive repair shops, right? Um, where we have um, hard sells going on, right? You, you really have to do this right now without providing people the education of, of why they have to. Um, people will always default to, to price being their primary driving factor if there aren't any supporting things for them to look at other than that, right? So um, if, if you don't provide good value for the services that you're doing, people are just gonna go straight to price and they can always find a lower price, right? Yeah. There can always be a race to the bottom. So <laughs> we had one quite recently where a customer told us, hey, I, I can buy that starter for $160 online, not $420 from you. Um, and, and that objection comes from somebody that is used to bringing their own part to a shop which is not something that my opinion professional shops ever do um, as well as somebody that does their own oil changes. Right. So they're, they're already devaluing the service that we're providing just through a lack of understanding and education over what it takes to run a successful garage. And that involves all of those other systems and procedures in place so that we can provide that outstanding value 
and charge what we need to charge. Yeah, of course. And, and so, and, and, you, and you hit the nail on the head, right? Is it starts at value. Um, and the digital shop allows you to really get to that level to establish that value. And yeah, there's always one-off guys, you know, I'm captain fix it myself, but um, um, even there you can establish that value because you've got the record and you've got the, um, uh, you know, if something's ever comes up, you know, you've got a place to go and, and get that, get that taken care of. So Sarah, uh, how, how, I mean, is that your experience as well? And then when you get into those price objections, how do you handle them? So price objections, um, there are several ways to handle them. You know, first and foremost, somebody asks, I, you know, I can get that part cheaper. Yes, you can. Um, but you also need to, as much as you're a digital shop, uh, maintain that personal, um, that personal touch as well. Building that rapport with your customers, um, selling them on not only your digital inspection, but your warranty, um, you know, how you work with the community, um, and, you know, just the, basically all the goods of your technicians, so on and so forth, um, you know, you're not going to get the same warranty. You're not going to have that peace of mind when you're on that trip across the country with your kids, that if something were to happen, if a part were to fail, you're covered. Um, so, you know, focusing on warranty, focusing on, on the shop and the credibility of the shop, um, those are the best ways to overcome those objections. Yeah, and that, you know, it ties in, we got a question from the audience and, and saying, you know, basically his objections break down to time and money. And so his question is, what type of tools do you use to overcome that? Financing type options, shuttles, you know, loaner vehicles, um, pickup and delivery. What are some of the things that you can implement to, to overcome those time and money objections? So time objections, um, definitely. Um, I think loaner cars are kind of maybe going a little bit more of the wayside. Uh, many shops are using Uber. Um, so Uber is a good option. Um, Uber, the Uber forum? I'm sorry? Would you cover the Uber for them? Um, in most cases, yes, we cover that for them. Um, in certain cases, depending on you know how far they're going, what the cost of that may be, um, you can certainly build the value of adding that to the work order. Um, so that they do have that transportation. So I think that's going to be on kind of a case by case basis. Um, being able to offer uh, a rental car, ha having a good relationship with your local rental car um, company is, is another good option there as far as time. Um, you know, having that shuttle, driving them back and forth, that's great. Um, a concierge service. Uh, concierge service is wonderful. You drive to the customer's house or work, you pick up that vehicle, you bring it back to the shop, and you deliver it when you're done. The uh, white glove level, right? I like the way that sounds. Do I get a latte with that? <laughs> on the way, sure. Hopefully it's not spilled on the car seat. Spilled on the yeah. seats, right? <laughs> yes. Hey, Doug, what about you guys? I mean, do you offer a financing option, and when do you place that into the conversation? So um, I've always taken the approach that uh, offering a, a financing option is always going to be a third party option, right? Um, and that I don't believe that it helps uh, the, the customer trust aspect because really we're just selling them another product at that stage. Um, so it's not something that uh, I've ever participated in. I've, I've never been particularly on board with it. Um, it might seem a little bit on the harsh side, but I do believe that as a professional shop, we deal with the category of customers that can afford the services that we provide. If they can't afford those services, they might not be very well qualified to be a client 
Um, And, and, you know, that is, comes from a uh, positioning of um, having more work than we have time to do it in for sure. You know, we are, we are not a starving shop for for getting cars in the bay. So um, I I personally think that that's a, a far better approach. Now, as I said, it does seem like it's a little bit harsh because there are a lot of people out there that that um, have a hard time affording their their transportation that they need to be able to get to work and and all that kind of stuff. And I think there's definitely room in our industry to help those people, but we need to be very specific about how we go about helping them and um, using it as a tool for marketing and and for positioning ourselves in the market too for for what we do. So. so then would you go through, so with folks like that, would you go through and just, you know, really take a critical eye to what needs to get done absolutely today and then just kind of help them maybe budget out the repairs to get a more uh, comprehensive repair or maintenance done on their vehicle? Um, absolutely. Yeah. And, and this is a, a really good point that you bring up because it, it goes straight back to what I was talking about, about prioritizing repairs for people, right? Um, giving them a list. These, these should be done in this kind of an order. These are more important than these other repairs. Uh, providing consequence that goes along with that, um, but also trying to do so in a very empathetic manner, right? So that you're not putting people into into the oh my gosh, this is um, you know unattainable kind of thing, right? We do have to be very careful as as service writers that um, uh, we empathize with our customers let them know that we do feel for them. We, we are in the, um, it's, it's expensive services, right? Um, and and uh, we need to be cautious how we present that in a lot of situations. We're getting a lot of questions. Um, so I got some great input from Billy Ketching uh, saying, you know, that uh, when somebody brings in their own parts, they gain no value, right? Um, who's gonna warranty that when the part fails, right? So that's one great way to establish the value of um, you know, having the shop do it for you. Um, uh, and, and, and from a legal standpoint, as a stop, we, as a shop, we assume that warranty from a legal yes. standpoint, yeah. you yeah, install exactly. that part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you definitely don't want to do uh, somebody's part off a of rock auto. Um, Bill, Bill Connor's asking, uh, would you talk about getting the objections, uh, is, is really just an opportunity to solve a problem, uh, now, uh, that you have a better understanding of. So, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. So, well, let me touch bases on that. So, so um, you know, in a lot of situations, as, as anybody that's got experience uh, service writing, um, it, it's a lot of work to get just people's concerns about their vehicle out of them on the front counter, right? I, I know, Sarah, you've, you've been at this longer than I have even. So, um, you know, we were interrogating our customers to some extent to try to get more and more information out of them about what their vehicle is doing. But we very rarely ever talk to them about um, their concerns over automotive service and and what they don't understand about why we recommend what we do recommend as well, too. And that's where that education component really does come in very strongly and like um, letting people know why the services are recommended. Uh, and, and again, like I said, what the consequences are, right? Absolutely. Hey, Sarah, so what happens when somebody comes in and says, you know, uh, ABC Automotive down the street said they do it for, you know, 100 bucks less than you? 
well, I'm sure that they probably will. Um, but ABC Automotive, once again, you're going back to your core values of your shop. Um, you're able to offer your warranty. Um, I have a little different experience as far as financing. Um, I do believe, and, and I have used financing um, several times for the majority of my life, if you will, as a service advisor. Um, and being able to offer them that financing um, along with offering them the warranty building value in your shop. Um, it, it's all about building the relationship with the customer. So have you ever overcome an objection? Um, somebody comes in, they're price shopping you maybe against a competitor, and then you're able to show them an example of a digital inspection and got them to uh, book an appointment with you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's also nice on the inspections when you have those built-in educational links so if you've got a customer that doesn't know, you know, what does water pump really do? Yeah. Um, they click on the link, they're opening it up, and that helps to add the value at the um, research and educate portion of the process um, so that the customer, you know, knows really what's going on and that alleviates some time for the service advisor uh, when they're actually presenting uh, the estimate or the sale, if you will. Yeah, that's a great point because it really does establish a peace of mind, right? Is that I can see from a third party. I mean, it's almost how the internet's conditioning us that, right? Right. Well, it's on YouTube. It must be true. And so I, I get the sense of, of you know, uh, I'm comfortable the, with my information because I saw some video on YouTube. Uh, and so it's a great way to kind of replace that um, right through the, the digital inspection. Doug, are you guys using the educational content in there? And do you find that... Uh, I'm just assuming that you are, that it, Absolutely. That, um, <laughs> that it helps, or maybe even it, it avoids objections, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, ab absolutely. And even in a lot of situations, just the fact that we're, we're providing more information for the customer, even if they're not looking at it, it helps build that confidence that the, there is no trying to pull the wool over my eyes here. These guys are being upfront with um, both their recommendations and their education about why there are recommendations. Uh, that even the customers that are less interested in in uh, educating themselves about the specifics of of why and what we do, um, you know, it, it builds that confidence right from the ground level with them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then and then I'm sure you see that they just convert into you know, customers for life, right? Do you, do you see them coming back more often? Are you guys like exit scheduling and establishing the next uh, visit uh, at pickup? Um, we rely pretty heavily on our CRM to help us with exit scheduling and everything like that. The, the tools through AutoVitals are fantastic to be able to do that. Um, so we definitely have a discussion over the next appointment. Um, and let them know that they're going to be getting a reminder and, and we'll fine tune things from there. Um, it really, uh, again, it, it's about more contact with the customer and them um, feeling comfortable with that as well. Uh, so much of it from our standpoint is educating the customer about what that contact is going to look like as well too. Um, and that's a big uh, item to it. We have often new customers, if we haven't done our job properly at the front counter, of letting them know you're going to be getting three to four text messages throughout the course of this appointment. They come in for their pickup and say, oh, you've been bombarding me with 20 text messages. I have no idea what's going on, right? Whereas the other, uh, the, the alternative to that situation is the discussion at drop-off that this is what we're going to do. 
this is the messages you're going to receive. This is what we'd like from you. Uh, and then it really gives you an opportunity to make a commitment and then show the customer that you're going to follow through with that commitment, um, just even in the contact category. And they will extend that into this is how they're going to treat my car as well, right? Yeah, you know, and it's it's funny. I'll tell you an experience I had. I, I was in a shop and, and it was my daughter's car. And it was, a, it, was a, it was a train wreck underneath that thing, right? And so the bill was real high. And I thought, well, you know, gosh, you know, so it's my daughter. She's kind of learning how to drive, hence all the damage. And um, um, so I say, you know, what, what, from a safety perspective, what do I have to get done? And this guy really was very open with me, honest, you know, went through, you know, each of his recommendations that way. And, and really, he just said, look, here's, here's what you have to do, right? This is, you know, nothing's going to fall off once we replace this and this and, you know, fix it and she's going to be fine. When he said that to me, and then he said, hey, you know, when do you want to come back? And it was still a big chunk on the bill. And I was like, ah, you know, let me, let me get back to you, right? Well, what happened is that I felt almost obligated, right? Is that he was straight with me. He was honest. I knew I still had these things. It was kind of in my mind, you know, Sydney's driving the car around and I'm thinking, gosh, I still got to get this other stuff done. And so actually without getting the, the reminders, um, you know, I had free time and, and called him up and booked an appointment because it, it, I almost, like I said, I almost felt obligated to going back to, because he did, I felt like he gave me something. He did me a solid and I needed to go repay it. Um, and so really a lot of times it just has to do with being honest and having that conversation and setting expectations. And then now you have a relationship established. And I know Sarah, in your shop, you were really a master of that, right? And talk to us a little bit about how you kind of go about, I mean, do you see that the relationship that you're able to build and the expectations that you're able to set a, you know, establish kind of, uh, you know, peace of mind or, or confidence in, in you, credibility with you. And then does that lead to a more long-term relationship over time? Uh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, yes and yes. Um, yes, you're building that relationship. You're building that confidence with the digital inspection, with the educational videos, with just the philosophy. Um, uh, we're going to be straight up with you. Um, yes, you need this today. Um, you need, you know, you're going to need certain services down the road. Um, and by being able to set that out when they pick up through exit scheduling, you can schedule things 30 days out, 60 days out, 90 days out, um, so that you can, you know, let the customer know that you're working with them with their budget. Um, and then you can send those reminders. Um, they don't feel pressured and um, you have a higher, higher return and retention rate. So, so Sarah, um, we've got a question from Bill and he's asking, you know, how do you overcome those objections at exit scheduling? So once you've done that and you've set them up, how do you manage the objections? So generally the objection that you get are, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing on this day. Um, I don't know what my schedule is going sure. to be. And that's okay. Um, we're just going to go ahead and set up the appointment. You're going to get the reminder three weeks before. That date doesn't work out for you. Just reschedule it. Not a problem at all. That way you'll have the reminder. Um, you'll know what's going on and, and you can work it into your schedule if that date doesn't work for you. And then what happens? So then let's say they bump it and they reschedule a couple different times. Do you do like maybe an outreach call and just kind of reestablish value there from a personal level? 
or are you sending out uh, another digital like uh, reminder? So there are a couple of different options. Um, I, I like utilizing the call campaign um, ability. So you can go in and pull that list of who's due um, in two weeks, who's you know missed their appointment. So using uh, the call campaign is great. And yes, service reminders, awesome. Need to use them all the time. So, yeah, no, that's great. Uh, well, I got a comment from from the uh, from the uh, crowd there. Um, Marty Mace is asking if you took some raw hamburger into McDonald's, would they cook it for you? Asking for a friend. <laughs> so maybe, Probably not. So maybe that's a. Hey, I, I, I touched something wrong. So uh, maybe that's you know you throw that into your objection handling when you get that objection about or you know when you get somebody in who wants to bring in their own part. I don't know. See how it works for you. I guess it works for Marty. Well, hey, Marty. Yeah, here's another funny one that I've heard over the years as well, too. And this actually came from my previous boss um, that when, when people would ask to, to finance the repair, can I pay later on this, right? Um, and he would say that the bank and I have an understanding. The bank doesn't fix cars and I don't loan money. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Not that we'd ever tell our customers that, but. <laughs> oh, speaking of customers. You just hear that cash register just went off at Doug's shop. <laughs> money, money just falling out of the sky over there or something. That's awesome. So, um, so I, there was another, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I had another question in, um, but I, I keep hitting the wrong button here and I can't read it. Um, but it was, uh, it was about the same. It was about overcoming objections. Um, do you, Oh, do you ever fire customers if they are still not responsive after a couple of attempts? It's so, I mean, okay to fire a customer. Um, there are several, you know, reasons that you can fire a customer. Just because they're a customer doesn't mean that they're the customer for your shop. Um, so, you know, it, it can definitely get to the point where they're either taking up in, in Doug in the situation that you're in, where you've got too many cars, um, if somebody's tying up your schedule and, you know, they're not making their commitment, um, sure, it's absolutely okay to fire the customer. Yeah, my, my approach to firing customers is uh, similar, I think, in that, yeah, not everybody is qualified to be a client for us, right? Um, the, the approach that seems to work the best in those scenarios is by um, not even hiring them in the first place by having the, those initial drop-off processes in place already, um, we often don't get a lot of the customers in that we would have to fire in the end anyway. Um, and then, and, and that, probably, yeah, and they probably don't have objections. So really, you know, the crux of it, I think is brilliant, Doug, is that really if you want to learn how to handle objections, set expectations and, and, and kind of qualify your customers from the beginning, and then they have less objections. Absolutely. And, and that is a huge part of the success involved, right? Um, you know, this works with uh, one of the common ones that all kinds of shops deal with all the time is I need a price over the phone. Yeah. Right? Now, my hope is that there isn't a single shop out there that'll ever give somebody a price over the phone. Because unless we've seen your car, we don't know what we're quoting. Right? We don't know we're quoting the right repair. We don't know we're quoting the right part. We don't know what engine is in your car, and a lot of people don't either, right? Um, 
But the reason people are making that phone call is because they have nothing else to base their decision on other than price. So it is your job when you get somebody that calls in for a phone quote to figure out why they're actually calling. It's not, they're, they're defaulting to price because they don't know anything else. They don't know that there's digital inspections out there. They don't know that there's shops that can provide far more transparency than somebody just saying over the phone, yeah, you need a water pump, it's $1,000. Right. right. You need it's a so water pump, it's behind the timing belt. You know, this is a maintenance service. This is the interval that you've got to do this on. This is why it's going to get done this way. This is what we're going to do along the way as well. Um, and then it takes it away from price. As, as being a, a profitable shop, we need to do everything we can so that the customers aren't focused on price. They're, they're focused on the service. They're focused on the relationship. All of that stuff that, that then means that they never, never even think of the objections in the first place. So, so let's talk about that. that's a great because that happens all day every day, right? You always get in that one, two, ten phone calls a day. Hey, how much would it be to do something? Um, and you know, I, I matter of fact, we had a guest on. Oh gosh, it was probably been a couple, you know, month or so back on one of the show. But you know, real great, you know, kind of snappy responses. Yeah, I'd love to give you a price. When can you get your car down here, right? Um, and just kind of an automatic response to say, yeah, I'm gonna give you a price, but you got to be here. Um, how do you handle that conversation uh, and, and kind of what, what do you use to get them to actually come down uh, so that you can put eyes on the car? So it's, it's really as easy as a service advisor to, to put that uh, conversation in context of what the shop needs to do, but you've got to flip that around and, and put it into context of why is this person asking me for a price? Um, that's the, the first item to kind of delve into in that conversation. So would you ask them, have you been to another shop? Has somebody looked at your vehicle? Would you, Absolutely. Would you just ask them straight up uh, when, when you got them on the phone? Why yeah. do you think um, the water pump, right? Exactly. Why, why do you think you need a water pump? Ah, my, my vehicle's leaking coolant. Like, okay, <laughs> so we need to go through and do a diagnostic and um, you know, we'll, we'll track down the exact <laughs> problem, right? Um, you know, the other scenario is that car is literally in somebody else's bay. What are your chances of selling that job when the vehicle is up on somebody else's hooks? They're, they're non-existent, right? Um, in, in those kinds of situations, they're looking for um, validation of the quote that they've already got, right? Yes. Um, as professional automotive shops, we should trust that other shops are also professional and that they're doing a good job of their estimation. Um, so the, the follow-up to those quotes of like, oh, my, my car's at so-and-so, and they tell me I need pads and rotors, how much would that cost there? Um, you know, we, we take the number from them if they're willing to give it and provide feedback of, you know, this sounds like it's in the reasonable price range. Without looking at your car, we can't tell you exactly the condition of what's going on with it, but it sounds like they know what they're doing and they've got a pretty decent estimate there. Um, yeah, that's, we do that's that in the great. hopes that everybody behaves that way. And that's, that's better great, for our industry. Right. Um, I was out at the ATI Super Conference, you know, the pool guy, right? I can't, and to this day, I can't remember his name, but the awesome speaker was out there a couple years back. And the guy was in the pool business. And he said, hey, I put reviews of all my competitors right on my website because he'd get that call all the time. Why are you better than so-and-so? Or, and, and so he just was super transparent and said, Here's what I think about this company, this company, this company. And he said, really, that was the crux of really when his business took off to the, to the level that it got to was that 
people responded to that. They saw you weren't hiding from it. You were open. You gave an assessment of what you think about this, these people's business. And that, that transparency and honesty made people want to do business with that person. Sure. Yep. We've, we've that, had situations right on the phone. Yep. You know, that same situation of the person calling with their vehicle on in another shop as well, too. Um, that is a failure of that other shop to provide value for their services. Yeah, of course. If they are providing the value, the price doesn't get questioned. Right. And, yes. and that's a, a big component in here as well, too. So um, your customers aren't going to do that calling around. Yeah, and that's interesting because now you have an opportunity. Hey, you might not win the business today. You know, they're already in the shop, you know, and, and like you said, hey, that's a pretty fair assessment. But you have an opportunity now to establish a value proposition for your business for next time, right? Because like, just like you said, you identified an opportunity. They wouldn't be calling you if that guy was giving them, you know, a peace of mind and value. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that it? transitions straight into, well, have they, have they shown you pictures of the repair they're recommending? Well, that's something that we can do here at the shop for you. <laughs> yeah, why don't you shoot me over the video or the picture that they took on their digital inspection? What? They don't do that for you. For shame. Because um, I know we're a little late, but I got some other really good stuff, and, and I want to get into it. So do you guys are you guys good with time? Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Bill's asking, you know, that testing and diag fees are always kind of a stickler, right? I mean, those are hard. Um, you know, and he, what he's asking is, how do you make customers feel that they're in con still in control, um, but still get the needed approval? Right. So, I mean, this one is really straightforward. Sorry, Sarah, to jump right in here. Um, very specific authorizations, right? So part of our drop-off procedure is an authorization document that, that lays out exactly what the cost of the appointment is. Um, and that process gets carried through the whole appointment uh, as further work is approved and whatnot as well too. So somebody drops off saying, I, I got brake noise and you say, cool, we'll check those out. You call them back and say the brakes are going to be this much. You're only going to collect on actually doing the brake repair. But if they drop off and you explain, so we're going to do a complete diagnosis on your entire brake system. We're going to let you know the condition of all the components involved and this is what it's going to cost you specific authorizing signature, they're approving that work. They, they brought the vehicle to the shop to get it looked at, to get the work done. When you provide them with an exact dollar amount, this is what it's going to cost. You can then collect on that. Sure. And here's what we're going to do. And exactly. You... So again, it's the opportunity to, to tell them exactly what you're going to do for them, follow through on it and build that confidence all, all with, the basic procedures that, that should be incorporated into what you do anyway. Yeah. Very nice. So it's qualifying the customer and, and it's the, the building blocks of we have this giant pyramid that goes up that every little step that we do along the way helps build it into that final top of the customer is happy with their repair and you've done it for the amount of money that you need to be able to do it for it to be a profitable enterprise. Sure. I like to refer to testing. Um, Bill was asking about diagnostics and testing. Um, you, you have to build, build value in your testing process. Um, once again, explaining to the customer in a digital shop that we're going to be able to send you, you know, uh, screenshots of scan tools of, you know, what we're doing in order to identify what the bottom line problem with your vehicle is. It's kind of your insurance policy, um, if you will, that you're replacing what you need to take care of the problem that you're coming into the shop for. 
Um, so I know that testing is is one of those more, it's a common objection. Why do I pay for it? Shop's gonna, another shop's gonna do it for free. Um, but I like to kind of go back on the, your insurance policy portion. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good stuff. Um, you know, I really appreciate it. I know we're kind of running out of time. I got a couple other little, you know, uh, some uh, input I want to cover and then we're going to wrap. But um, Billy Catching is saying that when he's got those folks on the phone, what he'll like to do is explain the value of their warranty and then ask if that shop provides the same and really set a differentiating value proposition over the phone. Um, I think in combination, I really like, um, you know, Doug's approach there is to just say, hey, do you have the pictures? Do you have the digital assets of that? and then start a conversation that way to add value uh, over the phone. And so really what I'd like for you guys to take away is maybe write that into your phone script, you know, a little bit. And when you get those shoppers where I'm at another shop or I'm trying to phone shop you like that, start to ask those questions and start to think about how you differentiate yourself from a value perspective. Yeah, it could be your warranty, um, but you know, is, are, are they doing digital inspections? Do you have a full, you know, pictures and video documentation of the condition of that vehicle. Hey, maybe you could shoot me that and I could get a little bit more information to, to provide to you, uh, but unless I see the vehicle, right? And so that's a neat little segue to get into that conversation about digital inspection. Um, man, we're getting hammered. We need to go another hour. Um, Bill's asking, based on the description, um, we will not go over, uh, you know, X amount of dollars without calling you with an update. I don't know. I'm sorry, Bill. I can't. Bill, I'm just going to have to have you on next week and then you can ask all this stuff. Listen up, guys. If you want to continue the conversation, I know we're about 10 minutes over, um, but there's a lot of questions on online still. Take it to Facebook. Ask those questions. What do you point at, buddy? You can just talk to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> and then um, uh, we there's a lot of a pretty, pretty robust um, conversation going on on Facebook right now. So if Sarah and Doug, you guys want to get up there and answer some of those questions, uh, keep the conversation going. Give us some ideas on topics that you want us to cover uh, in upcoming shows. If you want to come on and be a rock star like Doug Brackett, because, hey, Doug, I got to tell you, man, that was solid. And I really appreciate your time uh, and coming on and helping us out. I think you gave great insight to a lot of folks out there. Uh, next week. Tune in same time next Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be talking about reviews, how to get lots of reviews, how to engage those reviews, what to do with those reviews, how to position your digital assets, your inspection sheets into your reviews to drive more business your way. Uh, and so uh, tune in next week. Be ready for a, a lively discussion. We're going to have a shop that's got a ton of reviews and they're going to be telling us how they do it. Um, and then, uh, of course, on Thursday, we'll take it to implementation in the webinar. Tomorrow's webinar, uh, we'll be talking about, um, you know, more best practices on, on certain things that you can do, overcoming those objections, setting up your inspection sheet so that you avoid the objections uh, is really the, the topic for tomorrow's webinar. And again, that's going to be at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, Pacific time uh, for the webinar. Until then... We'll talk to you later. Go out there and make some money. And uh, thanks again, Sarah and Doug. Thank Fantastic you. show, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. And thanks, everybody uh, out there. Great questions today. I really appreciate it. I thought, you know, we we're kind of out here on the desert talking to ourselves, but I'm glad to see that uh, it's helping folks out and that uh, what we're talking about is of interest. Give us more ideas and we'll talk about them. Don't be shy. Come on the show. Next Wednesday, call Nima. He'll get you on.
<laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. bye.